and Laramie was determined to take it. Perhaps there was a dash of the Celt in his makeup. Coming down the slope went well, but when he struck the level, he discovered that the town, which from above had seemed so near, was in reality many a long mile still ahead of him. Instantly he knew that it was impossible for him to reach the place at this stage of the journey, but he kept struggling on sullenly in spite of the knowledge. It was very foolish, of course, but Laramie was a foolish man. Besides, he had dreamed all that day and all of many days before about the party he would have when it was possible once more for him to put his legs under a table covered with a white cloth and be served by the hands of another. Sometimes he grew so impatient that he even growled at the weight of the fortune which he was carrying on his back. In reality, it was more than fifty pounds of gold. In the eyes of the world, it was fifty pounds of respect. For Laramie was a failure, a rank failure. To be sure, he was as clean as a whistle from head to foot, and his life was as free from any blemish of cruelty or cowardice as his body was free from weakness. Yet he was a failure. In him, two long lines joined and culminated, and the two long lines, in their mutual estimation, had produced a man not worth his salt. When Charles Laramie married Agnes Stillwater, there was every expectation that the offspring of such a marriage would be a person to be wondered at. But the offspring was one son, and that son was a black failure. He did nothing right. He should have stepped into the paths of finance, where the large tread of his father and grandfather and great-grandfather had beaten down so wide and smooth a trail. But it was characteristic of him that he cared not a breath about the past of either his father's or his mother's people. I'll tell you what, young Laramie had said, every man is born only once, and he only has one life. If I don't live my own life this time, I won't get a second chance. He carried into college a good classical education, and then he wasted it in the unanimous judgment of the entire family by taking up mining. A Laramie as a mining engineer! It would have been a thing for laughter if it had not been so completely a thing of blushes and a hanging of the head. A Laramie in overalls, perspiring and bossing a gang of sweating laborers? What a prospect! In vain they took him out of college and sent him into the mellowing atmosphere of London and Paris and Rome for a year. He learned all about French vintages, but otherwise it was wasted time. He wrote characteristically from Paris to his revered father, With all due apologies for my ignorance, I'd rather hear a glee club than a symphony playing Beethoven. I'd rather see a touchdown than the Venus. His father sat for an hour with his head buried in his hands, then he wrote a letter bidding Joseph Stillwater Laramie to return instantly. He returned, re-entered college, took up mining, and graduated not actually at the foot of his class, but remarkably near it. You see, he said to a saddened family, I have a good many pounds to carry about, and you know that heavy things sink to the bottom. That was the worst of all. He was the first Laramie, the first Stillwater, that failed to take himself seriously. But there was hope even in mining. There were large firms, great offices. Calluses were not absolutely necessary by any means. Then came a fresh shock. I'm not going to be a parlor miner, said Larry, this being the disrespectful nickname that his college mates had given him. I'm not going to mine behind a desk. I want to get the feel of a drill sinking into hard rock.
I'd like that sort of thing. Working with your head is all well enough, but I'd rather be using some of my muscles at the same time. Otherwise, why was I given muscles at all? What could be done with such a fellow? The family followed the example of Pilate, and having washed its hands of him, allowed him to go west. Thereafter they spoke of him only when direct questions were asked, and then their answers were given with bated breath. People began to feel that all was ended with Larry, except the inscription to be placed on his tombstone. But how would they feel when they learned that he had taken five or six thousands out of a soil that promised to yield him ten times that sum in a very short time? He had a shrewdly founded suspicion that the pride of the Laramie and the Stillwater families was based upon dollars and cents. He could see his father prick up his ears. He could see uncles and aunts say, After all, inheritance will tell. And murder will out, declared Laramie.